0: Pockets yourself a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips, some popcorn, fighting fantasy explorations And some groundless exploitation, kickstarts that I'm watching And some blind unboxing, full month or a movie marathon Sometimes I let the box go on, contest and the push You know it's all about games I said slow down, let's just start with the name It's The nerd. With the other Jason. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Cast. I'm your host, Jason. I know I put a lot of content out this weekend, so I don't want this show to be too long. I've got a great unboxing recorded. Rob over down the heap joined me to do it, but it's about 20 minutes long. So I'm probably going to do that on Thursday. I've also got a bunch of movies I've watched that I really want to talk about, but I'm probably going to do that on Thursday as well because I want to keep things kind of succinct here. I've got some phone calls. Um, I, I also want to talk about a game I, I ran. So I, I ran my birthday game. It wasn't on my birthday. It was a little bit after, but we ran aces and eights. We did it online. Kenzer and Co. has virtual tools to put the silhouettes in the shot clock, which is like a dartboard, transparent dartboard you put over to show exactly where you're aiming on the on the target. And it worked pretty well. Aces and eights is a very detailed system. You, you know, every action you do takes a certain amount of counts. And in, in each segment's a tenth of a second. So it might take X number of counts to stand up and X number of counts to draw your pistol and cock it and things like that. And so it just counts up, you, you know, ticks up. So does anybody have an action on one? Anybody have an action on two? Anybody action three? I have an action on three. Okay, you go. And and then, you know, as people change what they want to do or do different things and it adds the count. And, you know, so that's how you decide who goes when. And, is, you know, then you just have hit, we So we didn't use the complete rules for the, the role-playing game. We used the showdown rules, which are more skirmish rules. They're, they're pretty basic Pretty simple rules, but they're still detail-oriented for the, sh- the shooting part, for the combat part, which was kind of what we are doing. And it it worked out really well. It was an enjoyable game. Uh, Jason Hobbs, there were Hobbs and friends, and Random Screed was in it. Uh, Carl Rodriguez and Amy Lee Rodriguez of the Gemologist Presents were in it. And Arlen Walker of Live from Pelham's Wasteland was able to participate. And I th- I think everybody had fun. There was some PvP built in, which wasn't to the taste of all the players. So that was maybe a little bit of a negative. But uh, that's not Aces and Eights' fault at all. That's just the way the game turned out. One thing that was really interesting, and, and I really appreciate about the Aces and Eights, is the granularity of it. So y- you have hit tables and then... You know, the nice thing with the shot clock, this aiming diagram is if you're a little bit off, then you draw a card to see where the shot goes. And it's possible if you're aiming for the chest and you miss that you might still hit them in the leg, right? Depending what card you draw and and where that bullet goes. So that's kind of interesting. And the rules for cover are really interesting because the way the cover works, instead of just stopping bullets dead, a bullet, you you roll how many hit points the, the bullet does, how much damage it does, and then cover... Depending what the cover is, you know, it'll say half an inch of this kind of cover absorb this many hit points, or I'm sorry, half an inch of cover or inch and a half of cover or whatever. And then it's going to absorb hit points. So if there's enough hit points to get through the cover and hit the character, it can still do the damage of the character, but do less damage. And that came up where we had a, one of the players got killed because they took a rifle shot to the chest. And looking at it and talking about it, the player said, well, the left arm wouldn't be hit by the bullet, the way he was holding the rifle. And, and that's fine. But And and on the chest shot, even though the player had more hit points, if you do 12 or more points of damage, it's an auto-kill, you know, which I like. I like bullets. There would be circumstances, no matter how many hit points you have, it, you could be killed by a bullet. But what's interesting is, if it had gone through his left arm, then the left arm would have He would have still taken the same number of hit point damage, but he wouldn't have been automatically killed because the left arm would have absorbed X amount of damage, like three points of damage, hit points. And then the shot to the chest would have been less than 12 points. So even though he took the same number of hit point damage, it wouldn't have been an auto kill because it wouldn't have been 12 or more points to the chest. You you know, so it would simulate that idea that we see in real gunfights that you know, you bullets have to have enough penetration if they, you know, to go through arms and, and go through things like that because a lot of times bullets will go through somebody's arm or something and it slows them down. So that was really interesting seeing that granularity in the game. Is this the only Western I want to play? No, it does take a long time. I think as you get used to it, it'll go faster. It'll definitely be faster in person, face-to-face. But there, we talked about it after the game and there are ways you could set up using the VTT, with the silhouettes and cover and in the aiming diagram, there are ways you could do it that would speed it up without a doubt. So, so I definitely think there are times you want to scratch this kind of itch, but there are other times you just want to use boot hill because boot hill also gives you that shot placement and and that chance for insta kills and stuff. But it but it goes a lot faster. So there are times you're going to want to do boot hill, and there are times you want to do aces and eights. Uh, the di- big difference is boot hill, while is. Pretty easy to do Theater of the Mind. Aces and Eights, you're not going to do Theater of the Mind with. <laughs> so, you, you know, that's the big difference between the two. Aces and Eights has also a lot of subsystems. We did not get into brawling. The brawling subsystem uses poker chips. You have so many chips for different values, and it's like a bidding system. And so, I'm not, we haven't tried it. So, we did agree, most of us, that we do want to play this game again. And we, so, probably we'll get back to the table with more of the subsystems and more of the RPG elements. So we'll try it, but aces and eights definitely is very interesting. I enjoyed it and I think it has a place, but it's one of those games that that needs to be the game you guys play and it would definitely benefit from longer sessions. So if you sit down twice a month for six hour sessions and aces and eights is your main game, I think it would be awesome. You would all get used to it and it would be really smooth. If you play it for three hours, once every three months, you're going to be constantly looking things up, and it's going to be slow and cumbersome. So that's kind of my thoughts on aces and eights. But I really did enjoy it. I was in a number of other games. I was in AD&D first edition, and I talk about that over. I guest appeared over in Minion, also known as Rob Confessions We Timbers Bucci, in the latest episode that he's put out. I was able to guest appear on that, and I talked about that AD&D game over there. That episode. Uh, came out today, the same day this one does, and it's called Big Ten OSR, Bringing RPGs Back to the People. So go check that out. We talk about AD&D new First Edition. We talk about OSR and, you know, how inclusive the OSR should or shouldn't be. So that's interesting. I've been in other games too, but I, I don't want to, like, say, clog this down too much because I've ta- put out a lot of content this weekend I will talk about movies and I will do some unboxings next episode. I will say, if you're curious about Palladium's Christmas Grab Bag, where you $58 and you'd say what kind of things you want, I did that and I got well over $100 worth of stuff. You you know, double my money. And the books were all signed by the people in the office, Kevin Zabita, you know, the other people signed the books. Really, really cool. There's some hand-drawn doodles in there, Dragon and stuff from kevin in there i highly highly recommend if you like palladium books do the christmas grab bag thing you'll you'll get your money's worth there's no question about it Uh, so that i did a 10 minute unboxing but that's the the takeaway is if you like palladium don't hesitate you will be happy with what what they send you okay let's get into the phone calls Who's on the phone, who's on the phone, who's on the phone, who's on the phone, well maybe it's your auntie or a trip by your spouse, but the operator's screaming is coming from inside the house.
1: Yo, Jason, so I called in a message to Rob, but I could not call in a message to you two. I just have to say how much I love y'all's monster episodes. I just think the two of you, you make the movie sound like so much fun and so cool. You know, you got me super pumped to watch The Mummy. I watched that, that was totally awesome. Invisible Man sounds like a really cool movie as well. At one point you mentioned how, I think it was in the first one, Griffith, Griffin, whatever he was talking about, how he could sell the formula to someone and there would be a whole army of invisible soldiers. And that just reminded me of Tales from my D&D campaign, which I talk about all the time. It's a YouTube channel that I love uh i'll keep it quick (laughs) in his world there's an evil empire of kuatoa and they all all have access to cloaks of invisibility like mass-produced cloaks of invisibility and that's why they're the most dominant force on the planet because they're just a giant invisible army so yeah it would be terrifying man (laughs) it was awesome dude uh, that that was just really fun. I hope we hear more of those. You talked about a couple other movies that weren't technically Universal Monster movies, but I'd love to hear you talk about those too. So anyway, dudes, I hope you guys keep it up, and I hope to hear more of those soon, or if not soon, eventually. Anyway, that's it. Peace out.
0: That was Joe Richter of the Hindsightless Podcast. Thank you, Joe. Really appreciate that. I really enjoy doing those episodes with Rob. I hope folks enjoy listening to those as much as Joe does. yet yeah, we are talking about doing some other movies once we get through all the Universal Monsters, but we still have, you know, quite a bit to do with the Universal Monsters, so it'll be a little bit before we move on to King Kong or whatever like that. Next up, we have Anthony, also known as RuneSlinger, from Casting Shadows. Now, he is calling in using the Anchor app. Well, not the app. He's using and calling in the Anchor website, and there's a break in his call here, I'm going to shorten the amount of silence that's in there, but you'll see there's a little break there, and that's because you use the Anchor web app. Don't do that, folks. If you're in the U.S., I've got a Google voice number you can call, or anywhere in the world, I've got a SpeakPipe number. You just click on it, and you can record on SpeakPipe, and not only do you get to talk longer than on the Anchor app, but it's generally is clearer and better than the Anchor app. So, you know, but if you want to call using the Anchor, I keep saying app the Anchor webpage, you definitely can. Anyway, to my show notes. All the ways to contact me are in there, so check that out. But let's hear Anthony.
2: Hey, Jason. It's Anthony. Just calling with Rob from Down in a Heap, where you were talking about the Invisible Man series. Not long after I moved to Korea, I ordered uh, a bunch of collections of the Universal Monsters uh that were available for a while, you know, the werewolf and the invisible man and Frankenstein and stuff. The only one I didn't get was Dracula. So I'm, I've always been this way, that way on Bella Lugosi in that particular role. But I really enjoyed your conversation. You added a lot to my appreciation of, of those films. And I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that you took the time to uh, wrangle a schedule between the two of you to take care of it. Now, I'm supposed to be recording an episode of my own podcast, but I seem to be leaving messages instead, so let's see if I can get back to that.
3: Jason, this is Joe from the Decahedron Podcast. I just listened, actually, I just listened to like two of your episodes, pretty close to -to back-to-back. The first one was the redo of the Sabres and Wizardry uh, RPG. And first of all, thanks for redoing that without the music that was going above and beyond, but I really, really appreciate it. And then I just heard uh, episode 415. And in that one, you just talked about playing Colonial Gothic. And I was under the impression that both of these are roughly uh, the same time period. And as I mentioned to you in the email, I've been thinking about running a a little campaign set in sort of the Colonial Cat skills, uh, inspired by some of the stories out of the sketchbook of Jeffrey Cran by Washington Irvin. That's the book that contains the legend of Sleepy Hollow and the tale of Rip Van Winkle. Probably leaning a little more Rip Van Winkle than Sleepy Hollow. But anyway, I was just wondering, seeing that you seem to have experience with both of these games, uh, which one you feel would be best for that time period and why. Thanks again for all you do. I love your podcast. Keep it up. Thanks.
0: Thank you for the kind words. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Folks, if you're not listening to Decahedron RPG Podcast, there's a link in the show notes. Go check it out. Joe and James do a great job. They, they're very succinct, unlike my show. And the back and forth between the banner, back and forth between them is wonderful. So to answer your question... It really depends what you're looking for i've never run sabers and witchery i've only read it i have run icrpg in the colonial gothic setting a number of times and, and icrpg outside that setting you know even more um, it, it really depends so sabers and witchery has more built-in assumptions because it, it's a class system so because of that the classes have certain abilities so if you don't want now, you could leave classes out. So if you don't want your players casting spells, then you could leave the mages out. But your Witch Hunter, you know, is built in to be able to turn undead and turn demons and turn fey. And, and your owning the woodsman really is a good tracker. You know, so if you want to be able to track, you're going to have the woodsman. And, and so those five classes have built-in assumptions. It, so if you want D&D, but dialed in for that time period then Sabres and Witchery would be a great way to go. And, and I think it's an interesting game. I'm looking for it. I'm definitely going to run it. But for me, I like the more open-endedness of ICRPG or insert generic system of your choice, right? It doesn't have to be ICRPG. It's just at the time I designed the original Colonial Gothic game where they were a couple of characters were going after the Leeds Devil in New Jersey – We were really into ICRPG, and now I've got this whole toolkit built around ICRPG, so it's easy to use it. And ICRPG really gets out of the way and just lets you play. And since it's classless, you're not locked into, well, we can't really track because we don't have a woodsman, and, you you know, I'm a witch hunter, but I can only wear this kind of armor. You know, those kind of assumptions aren't in ICRPG at all. Now, you might have another system you really like. I just did a system Sunday on a system called Dead of Night, and it's a much more narrative system, but it would work really well for doing these kind of things. You know, Dead of Night would work well. There's a number of systems that work well. So for me personally, I like the freedom ICRPG gives, but I'm definitely going to try Sabers and Witchery because there are times you want to do that D&D class ability thing. But sometimes, especially in these stories where we don't want players casting magic and we're not trying to turn undead and things like that, some of the D&D assumptions kind of don't fit. You know, it doesn't fit for the story the i own everything for the third edition colonial gothic they had a sale and i you know physically copies and pdfs but it uses a weird d12 system I, I actually own all the editions of at least in pdf and some physical books of all the editions of colonial gothic their d12 system never really worked i don't have this Y hander powered flames of freedom it just i'm not really interested in that but I do like the setting and, and setting stories in that time period. I think it's a really interesting time period to run games in. So, yeah, I, I think for me, it's ICRPG. But for you, it may be pick generic system of your choice, universal system of your choice that you're comfortable with. Uh, but Sabres and Witchery, if you want the D&D experience tailored to it, I think it would do a great job. But realize you're getting all those D&D-isms baked into the game. So that has to influence your decision whether you use it or not. I, I hope that's kind of a helpful answer. I, I know it's not an exact answer, but that's the best I can give you at this time. And
3: remember, folks, if you sent a call in to Jason and you haven't heard it on this episode, have no fear. It will appear.
0: Okay, folks, that's it for the calls. And I want to plug the Sci-Fi Horror Contest. that's almost over. You have until the 28th of October to get your entries in. Tell me what your favorite sci-fi horror media is. It could be a movie, a book, a role-playing game, a manga, anime. This contest is sponsored by the Geomologist Presents podcast. They have a number of traveler modules that they're going to send to you anywhere in the world. These are physical modules. So in addition to that, I will get with you to donate money to a charity. You know, it's win-win all the way around. All you have to do is send me a message and you can do that a variety of ways or I'll listen in the show notes and and let me know what your favorite sci-fi horror media is and why you like it. We only have a small number of entries so far so your chances of winning are pretty good and even if you don't want the Traveler stuff you can either get them and sell them to Noble Knight or something or you can say hey I don't want the Traveler stuff but I'll still donate money to a charity so you know there's really no negative to calling in for the contest but like I say, October 28th is the cutoff for that, so get on it. Now, we have a little bit of time left in this episode, so I am gonna, I know I said I wasn't gonna play Rob's, the unboxing that Rob did with me, Rob from Down the Heap, but I am gonna play it. We unbox Roos. This is role-playing in Heathen Russia. It's actually a game written by an Australian company in the 90s about playing in Russia, and you know, so if that sounds interesting, it's 20 minutes of us talking back and forth as I take, as I unbox this game and page through this game. If that doesn't interest you, you can stop listening now. There's nothing else in this episode and I'll be back on Thursday. But if you like hearing me and Rob talk, well, here's 20 more minutes of it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to all my callers for taking the time to call. I really appreciate those calls. I really appreciate folks listening to the show. Like I say, you don't, don't feel obligated to listen to the rest. But we are going to talk different role-playing stuff while we do this unboxing. So it's kind of a neat banner back and forth. But I'll go ahead and get my sign out now before I do the unboxing. Be excellent to each other. Okay, folks. I have a unpackaging here today. I've got a special guest, Rob, from Down the Heat Podcast. How are you doing today, Rob?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Well, I think you can appreciate this product if it is what I think it is. So, this is comes from Anchorage, Alaska. So I have high <laughs> hopes that this is what I think it is, unless they sent the wrong book, which is very possible. So this is a USPS. It's one of those white mailing envelopes, you know, padded mailing envelopes. And it's I don't know. It's um, I don't have a ruler here, but it's like you know, the length. What? Go ahead. It's a cubit.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a
0: it's a cubit by half a cubit.
2: <laughs> safety circle
0: yep yeah that's right i have my tinkers model swiss army knife rob can see it here i'm rob is the actual witness to this unboxing
2: Let's yes
0: shut the knife here
2: before... king boreas is blowing some winds down from the yukon i can yeah, hear so, it. Now.
0: yeah what's the weather like down over where you're at in minneapolis
2: it's actually warmed up a little bit. Uh, the, okay. It's a warming trend. Today, I think it got to forty, um, but overnight it's been in the in the low twenties. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's supposed to warm up this weekend. So, but maybe hey, maybe this cold wind coming virtually through the screen will will change matters. But right, but uh,
0: so well, I might we, actually
2: blow a little break.
0: Yeah, we um we we've had frost warnings. But we haven't actually had snow or anything here in Virginia. It's been like, you know, high thirties, 40 degrees in the morning like that.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, so this is decently so it's wrapped in newspaper. Oh, well, here, here we go. We have a we, so I will maybe I'll read this later. Um we have some, Maddie, so Maddie's weighing in here. <laughs> you you cannot have that. Um we have a Maddie lay down, come here. No, nope, he's gonna run off now. So, we, <laughs> we have City Wilds. Here's a winter holiday tradition that counts and celebrates birds. So, an article here about something to do with birds. Um, I don't know, but we don't need to read the Anchorage paper. <laughs> Maybe I'll look at it later.
2: Let's yeah, see. that's uh, it's cool when you get stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so we'll um, try to save the paper a little bit so I can read it later um oh i, I can see a, a piece of the cover it is black which is good and through so we do have what i ordered which is good because it'd be a shame for him to send me the wrong book here this is Ruse. i'm showing it to rob <laughs> um, yes so, fantasy role-playing in heathen russia um everything i've read this is a game that was made in australia back in the 90s and I, it had some distribution, I guess in the states probably a whole lot is copyright 1990 in Victoria Australia, Roost games has a PO box. Um, by all reports, the system is not good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I so, so we have on, on the back of it it says um in the greatest tradition of heroism comes a game, a game that echoes the heartfelt and glorious past of the Russian people. Uh, ta-ta-da. I'm looking, so in, in some of the marketing stuff, they had, you, you know, some quotes that were really crazy. I called one into your show, yeah, um, yeah. you know, about dealing with frostbite and their ear felt, you know, the helmet doesn't sit straight cause your ear fell off and
2: right, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And then pass the vodka, I think was the end. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's right. Pass the vodka. So we, we did get the right, um, the right book. So that that's important because it'd be a shame that at fifty dollars haven't sent me the wrong book. So we're gonna toast this. I I, I actually don't have any. I finished off the of vodka before my surgery, and I'm restocked. So I'm actually drink. I actually have Glenfiddich here. And what do you have there, Rob?
2: I have uh, well close to vodka. I have linya, There we go. Uh, An Akavit from Norway, potato based, caraway with a little bit of nose uh, orange peel. Well, excellent. Tasty stuff. Excellent. Skull. Skull. And actually, this, uh, of course, made its way around the globe, as Akavit does, all the way from Australia. So it's Mm -hmm. apropos that I'm drinking this for a game that came from Australia.
0: It it is. It's interesting that the game about, you know, Russia, you know, Dark (laughs) Age of Russia
2: came from (laughs) Australia. (laughs) It is. It is. Um. (laughs) <laughs> do you do you have any idea like what kind of system it is? Like well, if, if well, it's mental base, or if it's level, if it's skill.
0: Yeah, well, I'm about to look at that, but there's a disclaimer here in the front. There's two disclaimers. The first one says any similarity of person's past or presence purely coincidental. And then it says, disclaimer, the inclusion of Christianity as an integral part of the game was unavoidable since a reasonable recreation of these times would be totally incomplete without including the effective influence of Christianity has had upon the Russian people. Consequently, the inclusion of Christianity in the book should not be looked upon as sacrilegious. So, I, don't, I don't know if that's an ominous disclosure or what. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's we,
2: something you can always change, you know, if you if you run the game.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but I mean, oh, yeah, it definitely looks like it's definitely percentile die. Um, it says you need paper, preferably graph paper for mapping, pencils, pins, highlighters six-sided dice, 10-sided dice, 12-sided dice, 20-sided dice, and percentile dice, a good imagination, and you need a good map of olden Russia if possible. Otherwise, a map of the modern-day Soviet Union will suffice. <laughs> <laughs> the um the the DM in this game is called the arbitrator. Okay. Um it, uh, Yeah, you you have your your doo-doo-doo.
2: I was hoping it would be the Yarl.
0: Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. the Yarl. The, the um. So, so you choose your yeah you your your attributes are strength, stamina, agility, appeal, intelligence. Or, I'm sorry, intellect, mental strength, and status. Um, status. You, you roll for your status, and then you can choose a profession. And then once you pro- oh, this is kind of cool. Once you choose your profession or your class, you you get to roll another d6 to add to. Your basically your prime attribute. Okay. So so that's not a bad little thing. Mm-hmm. So that way, that's something you can port over to D D pretty easily. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go through this and give it a a full full review. Yeah. I, I won't hold you here. It's the the it looks overly complicated, Um <laughs> we, but we we have piety points and miracles and oh there is um. A skill system, and okay. it looks like the skills depend on the class or the profession. At least the starting be- is on the profession. That's not a bad thing. Um, skiing is one of the skills, so that's probably nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, for every minute, the character is skiing at any great pace necessary to roll a skiing ability or less in order to remain balanced and prevent toppling into the snow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's getting a uh, pretty in depth there um yep. i i probably wouldn't have them make a roll anytime they skied but uh,
0: right. you know F- foreign battle maybe it is, okay or, oh, go, go go ahead i'm, I'm sorry oh, that's right. right
2: I'm, I'm hoping that there's some kind of thing where you take a pull of vodka and get back uh, some vigor or stamina or something like that to brace you up right. and i'm yeah. also hoping that there's a a random table for frostbite dismemberment or something in there so uh, yeah I, I am looking here
0: for for this um so there is a skill for legends to know legends which which is kind of cool okay we have um sleight of hand of course um, YouTube powerpoints uh there's a there's a d- demeanor roles oh so this is b- basically a um morale not a morale but a reaction reaction table whenever a player <laughs> encounters other people within the framework of the game, there will be, as in real life, a great number of responses. The demeanor roles should be instigated whenever deemed necessary by the arbitrator on the table below. It also needs to be mentioned the resulting role should always be read in context situation in which such a role was warranted. So it's a D6. You can They can be disgruntled and contemptuous, not well disposed, disinterested, withdrawn, but well disposed, relates to the character in a friendly manner or rather amenable towards the character. There's a, a list of names here, which are all in, in yeah. Russian and difficult to pronounce. The classes, by the way, are are all Russian name r- Russian words that I can't pronounce either. Um, they, they do have height and weight tables, which are good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks. I mean, it's a pretty. It's Is there many are there many illustrations? Yep, yep, yep. We have pretty. There's a report. Oh, yeah. I that. <laughs> The ill. The, let me see. where's me find a person here. There's a. Well there's a giant getting ready to step on some people.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So and, you know it's, not,
2: it's not. not horrible.
0: Um yeah, this will be interesting to go through. There, there's oh here's a whole section on weather. Warm months, cold months. Um it looks like random random monster table. Markets and costs. So it looks like it's got all the standard um
2: if nothing else, expect. might be a good reference if you just wanted to have a different type of fantasy setting for your favorite mm-hmm. system and just have it based on, you know, rather than Western Europe, like so many people kind of model theirs after having it based on like a medieval Russian uh, setting could be a lot of fun. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. So so here's a big table for unladen carryable weights for horses and kilograms. Here's another for cadence or, you know, how far you can travel, travel times, uh, healing, bad habits.
1: <laughs> oh, these Ooh, are for the horses. Habit. Bad oh. habits for the
0: horses. <laughs> 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 um, there's a whole bunch of encounter tables, village encounter. Oh, here's a whole falling damage table. That's good. There's, um, yeah, there's village encounters. There's um, forest encounters. Uh, Is there a bestiary? It, yeah, there are. They're there are beasts. Um, it, that's where I was showing you a picture of the giant from. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, there are animal encounters. Oh, you have different shape changers in here. We even have were falcons and were horses. Um, Hopefully, a were walrus. Uh, no were w- walrus, sadly. <laughs> There's a were owl. Um, okay. As far as dragons and winged beasts, we have worms, flamed, worms, parched one. Uh, wingling of Perun, Wingling of Pits, Firebird, Young Dragon, and Griffin. Um, do I have vampires and grave ghouls? Skeletons, leshies, ghosts, and blood wraiths. Um, uh, uh, Yeah, they, they have a whole, all kinds of stuff in here.
1: I, I'm Ooh. sure
0: there is... Yeah, here's the best with a different... They have
2: like a purple pudding that's made of worst.
0: <laughs> they have an ice man in here. There you go. <laughs> um... Oh, an ice man's a kind of elemental. That makes sense. Yeah. He he, he has an ice fist. He has a... Um, with small icicles, that we, he, his the frigid fist of the Iceman is studded with small icicles, which are easily ripped through the skin. The successful punch is struck. They have a razor arm. The razor arm is a form of attack, whereby the Iceman strik, strikes the opponent with the underside of his forearm, which is festooned with great ridges of icicles. This attack form is horrific and damage it will do, as icicles penetrate armor and gouge their way into the warm body of the victim. Uh, the Iceman, like the Russian word, Russian word, and rock mouth, is a creation made by the Volkov, I don't know, I think it's some kind of priest or sorcerer, I assume, of extremely yeah. high power grading. The Iceman will usually be around five meters in height. That's pretty big. Wow, yeah, that's and big. Fabricated from semi-translucent ice, which sports numerous icicles which drape all over the body extremities. The Iceman is very susceptible to fire attacks and will deal suffer double damage when struck by torches a heat of weaponry. Flaming arrows will cause no extra damage. The Iceman may be able to struck with any type of weapon, but only blunt crushing weapons such as the mace or flail will do full damage. All others will deal out only half damage to one of these beasts. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so, yeah, they've got a whole, whole mess of stuff. I will find the um not while we're on here on the call. Oh, here's a whole section on magic items. Mailing sleeves of fighting fury. Potion of aging. That's not going to be a good one to get. Flying ointment. That's cool. Thirsty blade. Shield of greater protection, lesser protection. Gauntlets of firm grip. (laughs) Um, So they they have some neat things in here. Um, Oh, here's the temperatures. Another whole section on what more on weather. Yeah, I don't see a. I'll I'll look for a, a frostbite chart. Yeah, and, and then they have a a weather or not a weather. They have an adventure here in the back.
2: No, that's great. I love yeah. it when they have a, a sample adventure, especially for you know a system that's not well known. Mm-hmm. But apparently, from what I've
0: read, the um, w- one of the reasons this has got kind of its reputation is that they the creators used to do used to run games of this at cons in Australia and, and they would get in the room and they, I, I guess they play the music and they turn the lights down, have candles out, you know, for the lighting. And, and so they, you know, they, they turn into kind of, you, you know, real theatrical, the way they played it. So it really right. left an impression in people's minds, mm-hmm. um, well, we, which is neat. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to, I'll, I'll,
2: yeah, Alex, I'll, I'll Alex read through all this. I look forward to hearing a in-depth review on it sometime. Yeah, but
0: luckily it was the right book. That's always a good thing. And I thank you for tuning in, or not I'm tuning in, but sure. for joining me. I, sure. I thank the listener for tuning into this nonsense. And, um, oh, wow. It, yeah, they have a attack matrix chart, the combat table, which uses, um, oh, and it uses combat action points. So it's interesting. So it's an action point kind of economy. Uh, oh, somebody wrote... <laughs> somebody's crossed things out and wrote the book. That's good. That, that might be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to... But the the weapon chart's a lot like AD&D. I'll show it to Rob here. But It's a, like oh, an AD&D yeah. kind of weapon yeah. chart. But it looks kind of like Rollmaster because yeah, it's got say, a it's CAF a little, and
2: CDF. Yeah, it's a little um, r- reminiscent of Rollmaster.
0: Yeah, so I, I think you get to... So you're going to attack... Like your attack versus their defense, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, the attackers' CAF is compared with the dender's CDF, um, and you can go over a, it can go over hundred, just yep. like Rollmaster. Master. end ended, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Well, I don't know if it's open ended or just with pluses, because it oh, it, sure. it starts at zero, okay, and it goes to one ninety one plus. So it it definitely can go over hundred, but I don't see where it can go under zero. So I don't know if it's you, yeah, you know not exactly quite, like, like romance
2: master. Well, master
0: yeah because yeah, some of the bonus oh no these are oh how long to do things yeah it's got how long it takes to put on your boots um pull off your boots how long to if you have thongs on, or thonging I guess like to tie your boots take off mm-hmm. boots with thonging um
2: <laughs> how long to dry out your boots
0: <laughs> yeah. well it, it actually it has Kindle small fire how long it takes to do that um, how long to saddle your horse? <laughs> so <laughs> how, oh, pretty
2: hardcore.
0: Yeah. How, how many beats it takes to uh, just the wording here though. It's um, and to, to judge and strike at battle axe blow to judge and judge and thrust with a spear. <laughs> but <laughs> but but effectively what that does. But effectively it's weapon speed is all it is. Um, yeah. So oh, although you can also carefully judge and thrust with a spear. It uh-huh. takes longer, so I guess a careful blow, no doubt, gets a bonus. So, yeah, very interesting.
2: The um, slow blade. What is that from uh, Dune? I can't remember the quote the now.
0: Oh, yeah, it's... um, Yeah, I don't remember, <laughs> but yeah. The, yeah, the slow blade. Everyone out there is screaming ass. Yeah, they all know it. Um, oh, here you go. Here's the definitions for the... R- real quick, and I'll, I'll let you go. The Here's the werehorse. The werehorse is for all intents... And purposes a humanoid-shaped horse with the capability of either bipedal or quadrupedal mobility. The front hooves, on closer inspection, will be divided into fingers similar to those of a human, but covered in a hard chitinous material like the hoof of a normal horse. Any character in horse form with +3 strength, +2 agility, added their normal personal tributes. Characters capable of carrying loads like a normal horse, but will not under any circumstances accept a rider on its back. Any attempt to ride a warehorse will result in a media attack upon whomever is stupid enough to attempt such a thing. A warehorse character in human form will never have any trouble from a horse that he is riding, and he will unquestionably have the ability to talk to horses. Although this in itself does not impart the ability to control such steeds. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got all kinds of stuff in here. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go through this, but yeah, it's got a whole section here on changing shape. Oh, yeah, no, I'm playing um, playing shapeshifters and other non-human characters that's kind of cool so cool
2: well very right. cool that's nice.
0: yeah and yeah, now I have a, a game not many people have that hopefully I'll get to the table eventually just to justify it's the expense of buying it and yeah. and, and then I can also read the snippet of a paper from Alaska so there's a little something here <laughs> a little bonus yep there we go okay well thank you very much. I enjoy you taking a few minutes out of your night to to join me for that unpackaging. I figured since you're in Minnesota where people go to be in a miserable environment to punish themselves, <laughs> you would enjoy a, a game based on Heathen Russia.
2: <laughs> Some of us are just born here and don't have the brains to leave, but, uh, you yeah.
0: <laughs> Okay, cool. I will use that. I went longer than I thought, but it's, it looks right. like an interesting game. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe All right. Maybe I'll run it at a convention sometime. Yeah, that, that would might be cool
2: to the... haul out. You probably get uh I mean if you advertise that, I imagine there'd mm-hmm. be a lot of people that would be, oh, I've never played that.
0: Yeah, that that might be the best Novel. Of it, really.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So okay, cool. All right. Well, I will let you go. Take care. Good night. Have a good one. Bye. You t-
2: Maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside
0: the
3: house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? In the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I could see dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some. There's a dustman in your moilers by tipper, And I'm assuming that's your partner back there in the woods <laughs> Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away
2: Don't look away Well the zombies are arising and the world has gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're
3: dying for the train red.